0: Hello, this is your NXT Deadline review. This is my Two Cents Podcast, and I'm your host, G2. Well, NXT Deadline was last night, and it was a good event. It was five matches on the card. And again, just like Survivor Series, we had a tale of two different uh, style of matches. Well, the same match, but just two different styles. I'm just going to break it real simple here. The women's style for the Iron Survivor Challenge match, it was more pace. It was more steady. It was more slow build. While the men's uh, Iron Survivor match was nothing but constant go, 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 go. I mean, they just kept on going, but I'll break that down more into detail when it's time for me to talk about them. So, let me just start off with the women's as they were the first match of the night. Women's Iron Survivor Challenge, you had Roxanne Perez going against Cora Jade, Zoe Starks, Indy Hartwell, and Kiana James. The winner of the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge matchup would be Roxanne Perez. She would get two falls in this match, while Cora Jade... Zoe Starks and Indy Hartwell all had one. And Kiana James had none. These were the orders of which people got basically their falls. First fall will go to Zoe Starks when she pinned Roxanne Perez. The second fall will go to Cora Jade when she pinned Kiana James. The third fall will go to Indy Hartwell when she pinned Roxanne. And then the fourth and fifth fall will go to Roxanne when she pinned Zoe. And then she pinned Cora Jade. Now, as I said for the first Iron Survivor Challenge is the women's one. So they had to set the pace for the whole event. Roxanne Perez and Zoe Starts will start the matchup first. And then the next person will come out would be Keanu James. And after the five minutes after that, Cora Jade and then Indy Hartwell. In this matchup, you had Roxanne and Zoe playing the uh starters. You had Keanu James coming out here to be the breakout of the match. You had Cora Jade out here to be the spoiler and also the Braddy person in the match, and Indy Harwell, she just basically played from underneath because she's the last person in, so she has to try to get as much opportunities as she can in this matchup to get some type of falls. Now, Kiana James, she made herself a star in this matchup to me because she was actually able to pull out some moves and actually able to do certain things that you don't usually see Kiana James do on NXT television. Uh She was able to hit a so off the barricade onto... Zoe Starks outside of the ring, and she was also able to hit a top rope Spanish fly as well. She was actually able to hit her 401k finish in this matchup, but again, she was not able to get a fall. Just because she did not get a fall does not mean that she was not the breakout star in this matchup. We all knew Roxanne Perez was gonna get her stuff in. We all knew Zoe Starks was gonna get her stuff in. Uh Indy Hartwell was gonna get her stuff in, and Corey J was gonna get her stuff in. But I thought Kiana, to be honest with you, when you look at the floor plan, when you look at the blueprint for this matchup with these four or five ladies, I think everybody thought Kiana James was probably going to be the weak link because again, Kiana is not really known that well in the wrestling circuit, at least for me personally. um So even on NXT, she doesn't really get that much time. When you look at all five ladies on here, Roxanne and Zoe gets. A lot of time. Core J gets a lot of time. Indy Hartwell. She's starting to get back to getting time. Keanu James. She's just been focusing on a feud with uh Fallon. So she was more the weak link in my eyes to going into this match. But coming out of this match. after she's been able to perform what she's able to do in this matchup. She was the breakout star. And for her not to get any points. It was a little bit disheartening. Because you see her go the way that she did. you like oh she didn't get a pin. But that's fine. I promise you, after this match, it put a brighter light in a brighter spotlight on Keanu James, and I think people need to look out for Keanu James more in the women's division for NXT, but Roxanne and Cora Jade, they had their little spots in this thing where uh, Roxanne would try to get a pin off, but then Cora Jade would basically break up the pin and vice versa. Uh, Zoe Stark, she played veteran. She would just try to get a win in any way that she can, but it couldn't do it. Indy Hartwell, the same thing. She tried to get a win anytime she could get into it, but uh, she just couldn't get one from time to time. But again, the only person in this matchup that couldn't get a fall was Kiana James. Everybody was able to get a fall except for Kiana, and it basically had everybody at one except for Kiana towards like the last uh, thirty seconds of the matchup until Roxanne hit Cora J with Pop Rocks, and she was actually getting was actually able to pin her and get the second fall. And now, so, people are trying to uh, fight somebody or try to get their last pin, and nobody can get it, but Roxanne ends up winning that way. So, again, Roxanne is your number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. I personally thought it was going to be Indy Hartwell because, again, Roxanne and Cora Jade, they're kind of on and off of their rivalry here and there, and also is having her beef a little bit with Indy Hartwell, and Roxanne already had a championship opportunity against Mandy but she got costed that by Cora, So I can see why they're going back to the Roxanne well. But I thought that they were probably going to save that probably later on. Um, but nope, we're going to Roxanne here with Mandy. And that's cool with me. That's fine. I just thought it would have been Indy because Indy needs something to do. And Indy's... We're trying to build Indy back up. So having her going against Mandy for the NXT Women's Championship, I thought that was the logical choice. But no, we're going to Roxanne. And again, I'm happy for Roxanne. Let's not get that twisted. As a fan... I like Roxanne being in the position that she's in. It's showing that NXT has a lot of faith in Roxanne Perez as a performer, and they see a lot of big things in her future. So I'm happy that Roxanne is, again, getting another opportunity at uh, Mandy Rose. Now, after this, we have a matchup of Alba Fire going against Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn will win the match by pinfall thanks to shenanigans. And what I mean by that, you're about to hear it. When Alba Fire will go to the top turnbuckle, Isla Dawn will grab the leg, of the referee, and the referee would move. Alba would hit her swanton on Isla Don and then go for the win, but as she's waiting for the referee to make the count, you will see the referee start messing with his throat, and you start seeing him spit out some black gunk, and Alba will look at the ref to make sure he's okay, and then another referee would come running down to the ring to replace the current referee as other refs was getting that ref out of the ring. Now, as the referees are getting that ref out of the ring, You'll see Aladon yank Alba Fire head and neck towards the second rope and make Alba's neck hit the second rope and then throw her into the exposed second turnbuckle head first. And then Isla will finish off Alba Fire with a Nightmare on Helm Street for the win. This was your basic one-on-one matchup here. Again, this was a matchup more to showcase what Aladon is capable of and we're giving Aladon the more spooky, uh, gimmicky character-esque situation here. And again, this was nothing but just to showcase what Isla Don can do. You gave Alba Fire everything here. You gave her the opportunity to beat up Isla Don, get some measures of revenge, and gave the audience the look that, okay, Alba Fire was going to win, but it was because of shenanigans that Isla Don did to the ref. That's the reason why Alba Fire lost and Isla Don was able to win here. It was cool. It was fun. But You know what it is. You know what Isla Dawn's about. It's a spooky-esque character. Um, I just want to know what we're going to lead into with Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Because this thing is not ending after that. Alba Fire is the type of character that's going to want revenge. And this is not going to end just because of a ref got spooky out of his mouth black gunk. That's not where this thing's ending with Alba Fire here. Where is it ending? I don't know. I think Alba Fire is going to get a couple more matches under her belt before she goes back to Isla Dawn. And I think Isla Dawn is basically going to be playing tricks on Alba Fire until we find a way how we can actually end the storyline. I don't know how we're going to do it. I just know that in the end, I think they're going to give the big win to Alba Fire. But for now, this win needed to go to Isla Dawn because, again, Isla Dawn is new to NXT's landscape and she's new to the NXT uh, audience. I'm one of them. So... This was a win needed for Isla Dawn here. After this, we would go to the NXT Tag Team Championship matchup of Pretty Deadly going against the New Day. And the winners of this matchup would be the New Day, and they would become your new NXT tag team champions, and they are now a triple crowned WWE champions, meaning that they won the raw tag team championships, the SmackDown, and now the NXT Tag Team Championships. When Pretty Deadly would look to hit spilt milk on Xavier Woods, Kofi would pull. Kit Wilson out of the ring and hit him with the Trouble in Paradise. And then Kofi and Woods will hit Up Up Down Down, which is a backbreaker double stomp combo on Elton Prince. And Woods would pin Prince for the win. Now, I'm going to make this... I'm going to make sure people understand why I mentioned Woods getting the win here. Kofi was the legal man and Kofi tagged in Woods for a purpose for Woods to get this win because... Xavier Woods' whole career started out in FCW and then it transitioned into NXT. Kofi Kingston has never competed in NXT ever. This is his first time competing in NXT. Woods has history in NXT and he never won championship in NXT. So Woods decided, well, Kofi decided that Woods would get the pinfall, at least in my eyes as a viewer, and how they always like to connect things with history. Kofi allowed Woods to get the win here so he could have. A windfall in his column for NXT under the record books and also be the say that Kofi, not Kofi, but Woods was the guy that pinned uh, Elta Prince to become the tag team champions. I think he did that purposely for Woods to get, Woods to have his moment in NXT for it to come full circle for Xavier Woods as a whole. Also, Kofi Kingston did break a record. He is now a 15 time tag team champion. He breaks the record of Edge and Booker T. They held it for 14. So now Kofi is now the most, uh, has the most reigns as a tag team champion in WWE history. So congratulations to Kofi for that. Congratulations to the New Day for becoming a Triple Crown Tag Team Champions. I did not see them winning this at all. Again, I see WWE putting new day as that team again as i said before and i think everybody can co-sign it as the new day or a team that is established it's a legendary team it's a legendary stable group faction whatever you want to call them i like to call them family because they have not split in their whole time of being together and they're to come up on their eight year uh as a team together so again they have never split. They have never had no dysfunction with one another. So again, I consider them as family, but I digress. The New Day are now legendary status. They've tag team. they're stable, uh, foundation, their whole blueprint has been cemented. Nobody can touch them. In retrospect or even in future aspects, nobody can touch what the New Day has done. So the New Day in WWE's eyes, at least for me, for what I think that they're trying to do here, is trying to have New Day build up other teams. We know we can put New Day in any situation and New Day is going to knock it out of the park and they're going to build up teams that we need them to build up. They did that with the Viking Raiders before the Viking Raiders had to be put on a hiatus because I believe one of them got injured. Uh, They did that with Imperium. You had New Day have a little short beef with Imperium. They're probably going to have a bigger beef now because now they're the NXT Tag Champions. You probably can see Imperium probably drag themselves back to NXT or you can see Kofi and Woods drag those NXT Tag Titles up to... SmackDown and probably defend them up there against Imperium. So you can see where that might be going with that one. And now with them now on NXT, you can see them doing double duty to try to help out the NXT tag teams just down there and build up that division down there. Again, New Day are a steady tool that is used to build up the tag team division. That's what New Day is in this particular point in their career. And I see WWE is trying to use them For any way that they can. And again, I'm cool with that. I just thought that they were going to lose because, well, as I said, they're here to build up other tag teams. So with them now winning, I see the bigger picture and they can build up other tag teams by staying in NXT and building up teams like the Schism, building up teams like Malik and Idris, building up teams like Briggs and Jensen, building up teams like Pretty Deadly, because again, they're going to get a rematch for that. Building up teams like the Cree brothers or Indy Shear or just more other teams that's going to come out of the woodwork in NXT. I can see them being there for that time being until WWE decides to say, you know what, we're going to have a certain team beat the New Day so they can be on their records that they beat a legendary team and the New Day can go back to the main roster doing what they do. So, New Day winning here in the big grand scheme of things, that's a great thing for WWE as a whole because New Day can build up the NXT tag team division down there. But to this match specifically, this was a real entertaining matchup. I'm sorry. I had to really go on that lengthy thing about the New Day, but I'm back. Uh, This was an entertaining tag team matchup here. Uh, At one point in this match, you had Elton Prince and Kofi Kingston doing a twerk off. And it was ridiculous, but it was the entertaining moment in here. And you had another moment in here where all four members did the Eddie Guerrero spot. What I mean by that is that uh, Pretty Deadly brought in the tag titles. Referee was distracted with Kofi. One of them threw the belts over to Xavier, dropped to the mat, act like they hit him. Kofi would, uh, not Kofi, Xavier would have the belt. He would toss it over to the other member Pretty Deadly, dropped to the mat, act like he got hit. This would continue until all four men are dropped onto the mat. And they're all acting like they got hit with the championship. And the referee tells all of them to get up. And again, the referee's not dealing with this. He's not fooling with it. This was a real entertaining matchup. And it was a good tag team matchup too, by the way. Don't let the entertainment fool you. New Day know how to perform as a tag team. They've been doing it literally almost eight eight years now. Not 18, but eight years now as a team. Pretty deadly. They've been teaming for some years now on Independence and, and NXT UK. And now transferring to the NXT over here in America in 2022. They've been doing it for some time now. So, Pretty Deadly New Day, they had a nice, entertaining tag team matchup. And I ain't going to hold you. This was my match of the night until the next matchup, literally. But this matchup here is one that you really do need to watch. If you have time, go to this matchup right here and watch it. Now, the next matchup for the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge match, where it was Carmelo Hayes going against Grayson Waller, J.D. McDonough, Axiom, and Joe Gacy. This right here was match of the night. Hands down, this one was match of the night. Grayson Waller would win the matchup when Grayson Waller would get three falls while Carmelo Hayes, Joe Gacy, and Axiom would have two falls and JD McDonough would get zero falls. The way of falls would go in this particular order. Carmelo Hayes would pin Axiom for a fall. Grayson Waller would pin Axiom and JD McDonough back to back for falls. Then you would see Axiom would get a pinfall over Grayson Waller. And JD McDonough back to back for falls. Joe Gacy would make Axiom tap out for a fall. Then Joe Gacy would pin Mello for a fall. And then Mello would make Waller tap out for a fall. And then Waller would pin Axiom for a fall to end it all. Now, as I said before, this match was literally nothing but constant high speed action at its finest, nothing but complete audacity of straight-up total non-stop action for 25 minutes. The first two men to start the match were JD and Axiom. Those two brawled with each other because they have a rivalry with one another. And then the next person to come out was Carmelo Hayes. Melo would go in there, and he would get a win-off on Axiom. Completely just easy, just off-rip. Then once Axiom gets put in the penalty box, then you start seeing Melo and JD go back-to-back just start brawling with one another until axiom comes out and he goes back to going to jd then when grace waller comes out he comes in and his first move that he does is literally hit his finisher on both axiom and jd and he pins them both and now it's down to Mello and waller and those two are battling for each other and then when you see in the penalty box you see axiom and jd waiting and once the time's up for axiom to come out you see jd pull him back in And Axiom starts turning around, start beating up on JD. And this was basically the feud of the matchup. The penalty box with JD and Axiom. Anytime those two would get locked in there, you would just see those two just start brawling and hitting one another. Just straight up. And there was also a point where I believe it was Mellow and Axiom were in the penalty box. And it was time for Axiom to come out. And the referee opened the door. JD would headbutt Axiom and then shut the door back on him. So Axiom couldn't come out. So Axiom decided that he's going to climb out of the penalty box. He's going to be perched up there. JD's going to look up. Axiom's going to kick him. And then he hits a moonsault onto both Waller, McDonough, and I believe it was Gacy at the time. Yes, it was Gacy because it took three men to catch Axiom for that. So yes, and Carmelo was just waiting for the referee to open up the doors for his time to come out for him to try to get a win. But again, this whole thing was straight up, just non-stop action, boom, boom, boom. Now, I do want to say this right now. Everybody, except for uh, JD, had two falls to the last 30 seconds. And you would see Melo hit nothing but net, which is the leg drop to the back of the head of Axiom. And you see Melo tried to cover Axiom for the third fall, but Waller would pull Melo out, throw him into the barricade, run into the ring pin axiom and that's how waller would get his third fall and now you see Mello looking at waller and he's just trying to chase after waller trying to get him but he couldn't so Mello decided to go out through another competitor you will see waller pull that other competitor out of the ring and now you start seeing him start really chasing after waller now as the time is going down and constantly going down ticking down and once it hits the zero mark the 25 minute mark waller is declared the winner and Waller has the biggest celebration that I've seen and the most nastiest one I've seen before. And I've seen Boogeyman eat worms. Live worms. That wasn't gimmick. No. Those were legit live worms he pulled out of his bag and ate. Grayson Waller would do a Australian tradition, I believe. He would go on the commentary table, stand on it, he'll take his wrestling shoe off, pull, pour like some type of liquid into his shoe, and then drink it out of the shoe, again, I don't, I can't rock with that, drinking something out of a shoe, I ain't doing it, but again, that's a tradition, I believe, for the Australians, but again, Grayson Waller winning this, it was a good for Grayson Waller, because Grayson Waller is a bad guy, he is a guy that everybody hates, me, I love the guy, I love what he's doing, I love that he's able to compete in the ring, and also talk trash to anybody that he's competing with, he was able to talk trash to Booker T as well, he beat up on Mello outside of the ring. And then he looked at Booker T and he says, "Uh, put that in your top five. And he called Booker T a female dog. And the whole NXT crowd just hit the O oh sound. Oh, And Booker T is on commentary. And he's like, he didn't just say that. I mean, Booker T was on one throughout this whole night. He was on one on the NXT Tag Team Championship commentary just getting at the new day trying to discredit them as much as he could and pumping up the pretty deadly and the iron survivor match for the women he was pumping up roxanne perez in this one he was pumping up Melo and jd mcdonough and he even gave credit to waller from time to time but again booker t was on one this whole thing so if you look for good funny commentary too this one's it for booker t but again grayson waller him winning this it was a good thing Grayson Waller is now your new number one contender for the NXT Championship. And it just furthers my point in that WWE, or whoever's booking NXT, they are waiting for WrestleMania weekend so they can put the championship around Carmelo Hayes. They see Carmelo Hayes as a star, and they know he's a star. So they're going to give the star the biggest platform that the company has so they can put their championship, the company's championship, around him, and I'm not talking about the WWE, no, I'm talking about the NXT, since he's in that promotion, in that, like, subsection of WWE, NXT, they're gonna put that championship around Melo, and he's gonna get the big grand celebration that a big star in the making deserves, so Melo is going to win the NXT championship at WrestleMania weekend, we all see it, we all know what's gonna happen, WWE, NXT, their people who are gonna make it happen that way, we all see it's coming. But I'm glad they did not give Melo it here because if they gave Mellow the win here, I would have really questioned, like, okay, why did you do that instead of Grayson Waller? Waller is a perfect foil for Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. He's a perfect foil until we give it to Mellow, and Melo needs to win it at the biggest stage. Why do it any other way? So I'm glad they went this way with Waller. Waller's going to put on a great matchup for the NXT Championship. I just know that Mellow's going to win it at, WrestleMania, and that's basically what we're getting to. Now, off to the main event, NXT Championship. Braun Breaker going against Apollo Crews. Braun Breaker would win that matchup by pinfall when Apollo would go for the one-hand Spinebuster, but Braun would counter out of it and hit Apollo with the spear and then pin him for the win. Now, this match was alright. It was solid. This match should have went on literally in the middle of the card to me, but It didn't. It went to the main event, I understand, for the world championship. But sometimes you got to look at your card and be like, eh, this match ain't that strong as we could have made it. And this match wasn't as strong. At the beginning of the match, you start seeing both of them try to outpower one another. And they were just basically met with each other's power because they're both exactly almost in the exact same power range. So they try to do speed. They're both in the exact same speed range. This was basically you could do it. I could do it. Uh Apollo will hit a moonsault. Braun will hit a moonsault. Uh, you would see them both hit each other with each other's moves, signature moves. Uh, Apollo will hit Braunbreaker with his Gorilla Press Slam. Braun will hit Apollo with his one-handed spine buster. So again, this was basically a tip for tap style of matchup here. This match, to me, if I'm gonna be completely honest, this match was like the second, like uh. It's not the worst match because no match on here was worse, but it just didn't it didn't do it as the way that they wanted to. I if you get my drift here, this match just wasn't like that. It was good, but it wasn't like ta da, like that type of style. But Braun and Apollo they did what they had to do here. Uh, it is what it is. This match should went like in the middle, but for what they did after the match, it made sense because after the match was done with. Braun Breaker will hold up the NXT Championship up in the air. And then once he turned around, Grayson Waller was there. And he would hit him with his rolling stunner and lay out Braun Breaker. Then lift up the NXT Championship and tell Braun, this is his house. And that's how Deadline would go out. I just wish, again, they would have had an NXT Championship in the middle. Here's how I would have formatted it. The women's Iron Survivor start first. The women's match start second. They had those two right. The NXT Championship matchup would have been third. The Tag Team Championship would have been fourth. And then the Men's Iron Survivor would have been last. Because you could have still have the Grace of Waller-Braun Breaker showdown. And they could have found out a different way how to make Braun Breaker basically fall to Grace Waller. Whether it would have been Grace Waller hitting Braun in the nuts. Or somehow do something like pop him in the mouth while he was unexpected. Something other case with Grace Waller still holding up the NXT Championship till him Braun, this is his house. You still could have found a way. But this was the way they wanted to go about it. And again, I'm not booking this thing. I'm not in charge of it. So I'm just a fan. Just telling you how I personally would have done it. Now, with that all being said, that was your NXT deadline review. Again, I really do want you guys to watch this. If you only could watch only a couple things off of this thing, watch the Iron Survivor Challenge matches. Watch the women's, watch the men, and then watch the NXT Tag Team Championship champion uh, match, I guarantee you you will not be disappointed in any of those three matches, you will thoroughly enjoy yourself but again, deadline, it was straight, and again for this to be WWE's quote-unquote developmental system all these people put out quality matches, again Braun and Apollo were not uh, the match that I think everybody wanted it to be but it was fine for what it was but again, Iron Survivor matches and NXT Tag Team Championship matches, I thoroughly and I mean this, I thoroughly and I stamp approve it that you should go and watch those matches now I will say this I did not get to see Ring of Honor's uh final battle pay-per-view I did not get to see it but I will give you my review or who won on this upcoming week's wrestling highlights of the week and I will probably be able to give you more in-depth situations about those matches uh as the weeks go on but I just want to let that be known because Ring of Honor final battle did happen on uh saturday as well but i just did not get to see it so i just want to give everybody full warning and full heads up of that for when i do talk about it on this upcoming week's uh wrestling highlights of the week but with that all being said this has been your deadline review this has been my two cents podcast edited by uh g2 he is i and i am him i love you all please have a good sunday and if you could listen to the sunday episode as well it's called cherry picking but again i just want to throw that out there to you so with that have a great sunday have a great week and please don't be a dick be nice and courteous to everybody you see across today and this week as you go about it so i love you all i thank you and kanye could you please take these people home i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus